0: We are uh, back today um, to to talk about a a topic which I have received a number of questions about. Uh, It's a topic that a lot of us deal with uh, because we all, alhamdulillah, have families. And sometimes families don't necessarily... Uh, get along uh, the way that we would hope and sometimes we have what we might call family drama uh, dealing with different issues uh, within the family and what's the best way to deal with it so we will inshallah devote today's show to uh, taking your questions about that Uh, please feel free to uh, chime in on the chat box write your questions on the chat box and also your comments and your reflections. Uh, re- re- just a reminder uh, that you can write in your questions anytime, doesn't need to be during the show. Uh, you can send an email to serenity at onelegacyradio dot com and at at that at that address, uh, those questions, some of them will be chosen to be uh, shared, uh, rather um, answered on on air. Of course, everything will be kept anonymous, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, if for some reason, you absolutely don't want your Uh, situation mentioned uh, even anonymously please do indicate that on the message but but we ask you to you know inshallah uh, allow us to do that because your questions can really benefit a lot of other people uh, who who may be in a very similar situation so we hope that inshallah that Through your question, uh, it can benefit many, many others, uh, people who are listening live from all over the world, but also people who are listening to the podcasts later on and and years to come, inshallah ta'ala, that we hope that it will be beneficial for all of them and for all of us, inshallah. So the, the first question I want to begin with is, how can we influence people we love to stop doing wrong? It might be drinking, cheating, or not praying. This is a this is a oftentimes a question which a lot of people uh, ask because this is a problem that we face. Uh, we we choose there there are some aspect of our family that we choose and some aspect that we don't. Uh, we you know to to a certain degree we choose our spouse. Um, you know, maybe maybe some people have more choice than others, but to a certain degree we do. Uh, but we don't you know we don't choose our parents. We don't choose our siblings. We don't choose our, our other relatives. And so sometimes there isn't necessarily an agreement uh, in the way that we do things and the way that others do things. So the question is, how do you deal with that, um, especially when it comes to matters of deen, uh, when it comes to something where it is an, a matter of haram and halal, uh, like such as the example that the uh, listener asked about, drinking, cheating, or not praying. Uh, and And basically, I think that there's, uh, we need to actually uh, address these problems with, make sure that we have the right mindset to address these problems. First of all, this brings us into the bigger category of nasiha, giving nasiha, giving advice. And this is huge because uh, the Prophet said at dinul Nasihah that um, you know, part of our deen is Uh, sincerity part of our deen is giving this you know good advice the concept of enjoining good and forbidding evil is a cornerstone of our faith it's part of uh, standing up for for truth uh, and and it's it's extremely important uh, aspect of our deen so it's something we have to address it's not something we can ignore but at the same time I, I believe, uh, through my experience and what I've seen, that most of the time, many, many of the times, uh, it is done in the wrong way. It's very, very important, not just what we're doing, what we're saying, but how we are doing it and how we are saying it. That is crucial, and I think that so often the way that nasiha is given Uh, is, is in a, is in the wrong way. And what I mean by that is it oftentimes comes from a place, unfortunately, of uh, sort of in a, it it comes out in a, in a, in a condescending way, perhaps, or it comes from a place maybe of a feeling of superiority over those who you are advising. It's this, um, this idea that I'm, I got this down, and I'm going to now advise those who are, who are lesser than me or who don't have it down. And that in and of itself is a serious problem. Because in our deen, the, the sin, um, the wrong of arrogance, the sin of arrogance, of, of believing of, of kibr, um, of believing that you uh, are better than another person or putting yourself higher than another person is bigger then is is most likely bigger than that sin which you're advising the person about and and I'm just going to repeat that point because I think it's crucial to understand that 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 the sin of of kibr the sin of arrogance is actually worse than many of the sins that we would be advising people about so this is something we have to be very very careful about if we are the ones who are looking down on others then we are more in need of the nasiha than those who we are giving it to. We have to be extremely careful when we are giving nasiha that there are many requirements and, and many things that that need to be in place in order for for that nasiha to really be, uh, first of all, beneficial uh, to, to both the one listening as well as the one giving the nasiha. Uh, first, I want to give you a scenario. And I think it sort of shows... How we should view the concept of giving advice to begin with before we go and, and and get into the the details of of any specific type of question, if you are standing close to uh, a cliff, you're at the top of you know very high f- high mountain and you you're very ne- you're very close to the cliff and you see a person coming full speed towards the edge of the cliff. And suppose that that person is blindfolded, that person has no idea, or maybe that person is blind. For one reason or another, that person cannot see that they are headed for a cliff and they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know the consequences of what's going to happen once they continue in that path that they're taking. You as the bystander, uh, the question I would ask you is, how would you react? At this point, you could react in one of two ways uh, or among among others one is that you could turn your face and say it's none of my business right it's none of my business i'm not the one who's going to fall off the cliff it's it's that person's business uh it's i'm not going to deal with it and just kind of turn turn your face and and maybe walk away and what you would say about such a person is that that's pretty cold-hearted right that's pretty that that's 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 a pretty um, cold person to do something like that, that you see somebody who's, who's about to throw themselves into some very, very um, you know serious harm and yet try to do nothing about it. So that's one, one extreme. And the other uh, way that you can respond is that you could be very, obviously, very concerned for the person and you would go and you would do everything in your power to advise that person that they are on the way to th- throw them off a, throw themselves off a cliff that they are harming themselves and they are on their way to harm themselves. Now I want you, the reason I use this scenario is because I want you to think of the mindset, the second mindset here, the one who is, who sees a person going on their way to jump off a cliff and doesn't know it. How, how will that, what would be the mindset of the one advising them? The the mindset in that scenario is I just want this person to be safe. I just want to I want to advise this person for their own good and because I love and care for this person, the mindset in this scenario is most likely not going to be, Wow, look at that person, Uh, look how stupid that person is, or look how how bad that person is. Or I'm I'm not going towards a cliff. I'm better than that person, right? I'm here. I am. I'm. I'm not as stupid. I'm not running towards the cliff. You're probably not going to feel arrogant in that type of situation. The focus is not going to be I'm better than that person um, and that person is lesser than me. But the focus is going to be I want to help that person because I don't want uh, him or her to hurt themselves. This is the same mindset that we need to enter into the concept or enter into nasiha. When we're when we're trying, when we see someone who is doing something displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that person is headed towards a cliff. That person is hurting their own self and nobody wants to watch someone they love or anyone for that matter hurting themselves without doing anything about it so the way that you address it is extremely important that you see it as someone who's hurting themselves someone who's who's going to who's throwing themselves into a fire or someone who's who's going to cut themselves or, or or any any type of harm if it were physical harm we would try to do something about it but, but this is a, a more lasting type of harm that one is doing to themselves when they're displeasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So coming at it from that place, that place of, 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 true, of true concern, rather than a place of arrogance. Second, when we look at a person who is struggling with something in the deen, if we before we even are able to address that person, even before we go and we try to speak to them or give them nasiha, the first thing we need to do, There, are, basically I'm going to give you two things that we need to do practically before we go ahead and advise that person. The first is we need to recall our own sins. We need to recall our own sins. Before we go and advise someone else about what sin they're committing, we need to remember our own sins. Now, what is the purpose of remembering our own sins? First, I want to clarify that the purpose of remembering our own sins is not so that we will say, "Well, okay, then who am I to advise them i'm you know I'm bad too because again that that becomes like the person who says, "Well, because I also sometimes stumble, I'm not going to try to advise this person who's, who I clearly see is, is about to throw themselves off a cliff. Right? That, it's not intended to, to stop you from caring and trying to help them, but rather it's intended for another purpose. It's intended to humble you. It's intended to make you realize that nobody is perfect, that you also have your struggles, that you also commit sins. And if you are not able to recall your own sins. And if you are not able to see that in yourself, then honestly you have a bigger problem than that person who you need to advise. Because that means that you are suffering from what is there? And there are different categories of arrogance, but at the very least, you're suffering from hurur. Hurur meaning self-deception. It's 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 the you're you're deceived about yourself. You think that you uh, you think you're something that you're really not. And this is in and of itself one of the greatest diseases of the heart. So we, we, we have to be able to 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 bring to mind our own faults as an exercise before we go and advise others. This will humble us and put us, you know, inshallah, when we're addressing that person that we care about, it'll be from a place of humility and not from a place of arrogance. Next, the second uh, practical thing we need to do before we address uh, someone who we want to give nasiha to or advise. The second thing is we have to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And and from the deepest part in our heart, show shukr and hamd to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for not making us fall into the same sin we are about to advise that person about. The reason why we need to do this is because had it not been for the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we could be worse than that person, for sure. Similarly, understanding that that person and every single individual has their own story, right? Every individual has their own circumstance, their own challenges, their own circ- their, their own environment, the way in which they were raised, the, their temperament, so many different factors that everyone is unique. And we have no idea, had we been in their exact shoes, had we been in this, raised in the exact same environment, with the same exact circumstance, with the same exact temperament, we might have been worse. And that's also something we need to understand and actually show gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for saving us from that, that sin that we are about to advise another with. So before we even enter into the concept or even enter into the act of nasiha, of giving advice to another person, two things we need to enter with humility by remembering our own faults. And second, we need to enter with shukr, with gratitude at the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved us from a similar sin. And had we been in that same situation, had we been raised in the same circumstance, be the same person, we may have been a lot worse. Inshallah, I'm going to pause there. I ask you to continue to write your questions in the chat box. Um, You know, give us your your feedback. You can send emails to serenity at onelegacyradio.com. And when we return, we'll be speaking about uh, practical things of how to address, uh, you know, certain family members or others who are close to us when we do need to advise them. you're listening to Serenity with Yasmin Mujahid, and we are speaking live today uh, about the topic of family drama of problems uh challenges within the family. This I just want to say uh, is a huge topic um, and I by no means can claim that i'm an expert um, I, I There are a lot of questions coming in on the chat box. Which are very serious issues, and I, I definitely want to encourage you, uh, those who are dealing with issues such as abuse, etc., that these are issues that that definitely need to be addressed with professionals, with counselors, and it's um you know it's 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 not something that I can solve you know over the radio. We ask Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it easy on all of you who are suffering from these types of 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 issues. Uh, but but I really want to emphasize that, uh, you know, what what I hope we can do today is just kind of give some reflections and some advice. But ultimately that, you know, it, this these kinds of issues really do need uh, professional uh, help. And we need to to have these resources within our community. Um, there are, you know, on the topic of of uh you know, continuing on this topic of giving advice uh, to family members who may not be uh, as religious, I I just want to, you know, reiterate that I think if we if we go about it in the correct way, we do it with humility and we do it with gratitude, uh, that we are much more likely by the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be uh, for it to be effective when whatever comes out of the heart enters the heart and those things that come from a place of arrogance they they're not really going to work out and they're going to actually make the person likely to be more defensive and it may even break ties uh, but but usually when you know when something is really coming from a place of concern and care and humility uh, that it's much likely much more likely to be effective but you know ultimately ultimately uh, the the hidayah the the guidance only comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, it doesn't come from our efforts. It's, there's nothing we can do to, to, to make a person be guided. But it's only from Allah. So I tell you, and this is, this is a practical thing as well, make a lot of dua for that person. That Allah is the one who changes the hearts. Allah is the one who turns the hearts. There's nothing that we can do to turn a heart. We just do our part. But it all comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So make a lot of dua for that person. Uh, so I have a, n- a number of questions. <laughs> Subhanallah, this isn't this is a huge issue. Again, I want to emphasize how important it is uh, that this is addressed. Uh, you know, even even at a professional level, we're we're just going to you know just touch the surface here. Uh, there there are questions uh, about issues that have to do with abuse, and I I just want to you know uh, sh- quickly sort of just address s- some some advice just some advice regarding this issue. With regards to those who are being abused, um, if it is someone who has the ability to, you know, change their situation, I I advise you to to please take uh, the 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 steps to change your situation. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala does not tell us to have patience over abuse. That's not the concept of sabr. That's not what patience is. Patience is not that I allow someone. To be unjust to me, or to harm me, or to to abuse me, and then say nothing about it or do nothing about it, and um, you know, Islam is not something that teaches you know that you that someone hits you on one cheek, you turn your cheek so they can hit you on the other one. Uh, Islam is actually Allah subhanahu wa taala tells us. That he does not approve of injustice, and he and and we too should not um, approve of injustice. That Allah, he, he this is something that he does not that he doesn't that he doesn't like that he doesn't approve of. And how is it that we can approve of of injustice while Allah subhanahu wa taala does not? If we see something wrong, the Prophet sallallahu says that if a if 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 any of us see something wrong we should try to change it try to change it with our hand if we cannot to try to speak out against it and if we cannot at least hate it in our heart and that's the weakest of faith what we learn from this hadith is that it isn't it isn't more pious or um, more righteous to just stay quiet about injustice, whether it is happening to yourself or happening to your children or happening to others. That injustice is something that we should always try to change and make a difference and and, and not and like the Prophet ﷺ said, even if there's no means that I have, whether with my tongue or my hand, and there's no action that I can take, I have no means to change it. At the very least, I should not accept it in my heart, that it is something that I don't accept as being okay. And that's very important because the Prophet ﷺ said that is the weakest of faith. Similarly, we have to know that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala has our back. Sometimes we are very afraid to take the steps that are necessary to make a change uh, in these types of situations and what i really want to you know share with you and what i really want to remind you about is that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this is such a powerful ayah or uh, it's ayah two and three of surah at-talaq that in these ayahs Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is telling us, "Mayyataqillah." Whoever has taqwa of Allah, whoever has fear of Allah, whoever has consciousness of Allah, essentially, whoever is making Allah first, whoever is protecting themselves against the 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 displeasure of Allah. So Allah is their number one priority. Whoever has taqwa of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, that Allah will make a way out for him. And so, basically, when when people are in this type of situation. Uh, the main I think the main two feelings like the main two uh, sort of shackles that the person deals with in abusive situations is one uh, that they feel trapped, right? You feel like you don't see any way out. you feel that there is no way out. you are trapped. the second I think the second shackle is the fear of maybe poverty, the fear of well will how how am I going to support myself and my family if I do get out of this situation? Or it's this fear of of where is the provision going to come from? And subhanAllah, in these two ayat, Allah addresses both of these concerns. Allah says that if you make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala your number one priority, if you have taqwa of Allah, if your focus is on Him, your reliance is on Him, you turn to Him, He will do two things for you in these ayat that He mentions. مخرج, that He will make a way out for him and second he will provide for him from places he never imagined the two concerns addressed in these ayat Allah will make a way out for you and Allah will provide you from places that you never imagined you just you need to put your reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yes you take you take with the means but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never asked us to be silent about abuse and in fact we are going to be asked about this because everything that we have our body our children everything that we have is an amana is a trust when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you your body he gave you your body so that you could kneel down and pray to him he gave you your body so you could use it to worship him he did not give you your body to be a punching bag for any other person and you cannot allow that the, the 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 creation of Allah subhanahu wa taala and the trust of Allah subhanahu wa taala to be abused in that way. So this is actually part of your worship. Part of your worship is not allowing the trust of Allah subhanahu wa taala to be mishandled by anybody. And and so it isn't. It, it's it's very different than the, than the way that we I think have have in the past thought about it. That it's more righteous to just. Uh, be passive. It's more righteous to just stay quiet. That is not what sabr is. Sabr is not pa- being passive. There is no, the, the, the definition of sabr has nothing to do with being passive. The definition of sabr has to do with perseverance and constancy and patience. But in order for you To be able to make a change when you're in these situations, what do you need? You need perseverance, constancy, and patience. So in fact, it takes a lot of sabr. And, and firmness to be able to really stand up and say that no one can treat you that way and no one can treat your children that way and that's not something that you're going to accept that it's no longer uh, on the menu of options that, that that there has to be a change made and 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 I again I reiterate that this is this is something that you have to, you, you, you first make it a non-option. Uh, that, that's one of the keys here is that if a human being is given two options, you know, if you look at, for example, the way that some people treat their families and then you compare it to how they treat their boss, you find a bit of a difference there, right? Sometimes uh, that the things that somebody will do to their family uh, is, is, is like completely different than how they would treat their boss. And when you look at how they treat their boss, you know, their boss may make them very angry. Their boss may annoy them. Their boss may, may, you know, their boss could wrong them in every way, but never would they raise their voice to their boss and never would they raise their hand to their boss, right? There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. It's the same person who has the same anger problem. And yet the way in which they deal with this person is completely different than the way in which they deal with this person what this shows is that it is a, a choice that someone is making that i am choosing to treat you in this way and i'm choosing to treat you in that way the reason why we don't do this with our boss is because it isn't an option that when you look at the menu it isn't on the menu it isn't an option that you you know you're angry okay well what can you do about it well maybe you can send an email, or maybe you can complain to the supervisor. But one of the options is not scream or throw something at the boss or hit the boss. That's not on the menu of options. And therefore, you don't do it. Even if your knee jerk reaction, your, 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 your nefsani like automatic reaction is to do that, it's not an option. The problem is that when we make it an option in our relationships, when we allow that to be on the menu of options, so then you know if if someone has two options, they're always going to choose the easier one. This is the way the human being is. Human beings are by definition, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that the human being was created weak. So a human being by definition always wants to kind of take the easy way out. We're lazy. So if there's one option, which is easier, which is my knee jerk reaction, I don't have to control myself, I can do whatever I want. And then there's another option, which takes a lot of self restraint and is a lot harder. Naturally, I'm going to choose the easier option. And this is why with the family, we feel because it's an option, we take that easier route that I'm angry. So I'm going to I'm going to exert no effort to control my anger. I'm just going to do whatever I feel like doing because I can. It's an option. It's on my menu. And and so what we have to do is give that human being, take off that option from the menu as as it is with the boss. That that is no longer an option. And it's the then and sometimes only then that it stops happening is when it's no longer something that can ever ever be an option. And this is sometimes the job of the other person, the person who is being abused, that you yourself have to stand up and make it a non option. You have to not accept it anymore. It is not sabr to accept it, but rather you you it is sabr to stand up and say that this isn't an option. I am not. I was not created to be a slave to you. I was not created to be a punching bag to you, but I was created to be a slave to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and my body was created to worship Him and not to, you know, not not to, to be something for you to take your anger out on. That is that is how you Use uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as your strength in order to to make a change when you are in those situations. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it easy on on any family who is dealing with those issues, any person who is dealing with those issues. Uh, sometimes uh, it, it may be the children and they don't have the option of, of changing that situation. Seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah will make a way out for you just make sure that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is where you're putting your trust and where you're putting your dependency. And if you do that, you don't worry anymore about what's going to happen. You don't worry about your provision. You don't you don't worry about uh, you know the, 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 those fears of the unknown. Because when you take Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala as your trustee, and you know one of the attributes of Allah is Al Waqil, the trustee. You take Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala as your trustee then you know he has your back. You know you're going to be okay. And where does your provision come from anyways? Allah is al-razaq. Allah is the the provider. Don't think for any moment that your provision is coming from your boss or from your your spouse or from your family or from your parents. Your provision is ultimately coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So seek al-razaq and seek al-wakeel and ask al al fatah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who opens. Allah is the one who makes Ways out. Allah is the one who provides. Seek Him, uh, but never, ever. You know, the key is never, ever be passive. Never allow injustice to happen, whether it's for it's happening to you or to those you love around you. Lastly, I want to point out this, and this is a an observation that I've heard from shiuch who deal with uh, issues within the community a lot, and and one of the things that one of the shiuch told me is that the the you know the The children who end up leaving Islam, those children who end up leaving Islam, pretty much all of them came from families where there was abuse. This is important because we think that we are doing best for our children by staying in a bad relationship. We're doing best for our children by keeping them in that just so we can keep the family together, that that's necessarily best for the children, even when there's abuse and we continue to allow the abuse to continue. But in fact, what is happening with a lot of these children is the opposite. They are leaving Islam. Because they are connecting what they saw in their household, what they saw the, the, the way their parents were or what was happening with their parents as as being because of Islam. That this is condoned by Islam. This is what Islam is, then I want nothing to do with it. That's how they feel. And so these this is actually the, the result on the ground of what's actually happening. So ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know, to make it easy for you and to keep your feet firm. If Allah holds you up, then you never fall. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with you and Allah is the one holding you up, you can withstand anything. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with you, if Allah is your helper, if Allah, if you have divine uh, help, you can, you, can, you can take anything. So the one who has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, you know, he, he can withstand anything. Uh, so inshallah, what I'm going to do now is take another break. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue hearing from you in the chat box. Assalamu alaikum, this is Yasmeen Mujahid and you're listening to Serenity streaming live on One Legacy Radio. We are talking about some very serious issues today. We're talking about problems uh, that have to do with the family. We've spoken a little bit about how to advise our, our close family members or those around us when we see them harming themselves or doing something that is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have spoken a little bit about uh, the the concept of abuse and and and, and the misunderstanding of, of how we should respond uh, Islamically. What is the, the correct Islamic stance of, of, of this uh, the correct Islamic response and about the misunderstanding of the meaning of sabr, that sabr is not uh, passively allowing yourself to be uh, abused, but rather the opposite, that you stand up against injustice. And this is a principle that we have Islamically, whether that injustice is happening to you or to your family or those around you. I'm going to go to the next question. Uh, and we received a question. Uh, the question reads... Sister, I really need help as I am a homosexual, but my family doesn't know about it yet. We are all follow Islam well, inshallah. Now what to do, how I tell my parents about it. Please show me the way. <clears throat> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us all um, and make all of our challenges easy for us and all of our tests easy for us. When talking about the topic of, of homosexuality or um, any type of, um, you know, sexual orientation or inclinations, it's very important to understand and to separate the difference between a feeling that we have, a an inclination that we have, and what we actually act upon. Uh, the reason why this is important is that... Within the human being, there are a lot of inclinations which are displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is called Hawa, right? We have our Hawa, our our Nafs. These things call us to things which may not be pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fact that I am called or I am inclined to something which is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by no means justifies my obedience to that inclination or to that calling. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about those who take their desires as their ilah. And Allah says that, that when we see in this ayah, We can understand that nobody prays to their desires. Nobody makes dua to their desires. So what does it mean to take your desires as your Lord? What does it mean to worship your desires? What it means is that whatever my desires call me to, I obey them. My desires become my master and this is something that we all have to struggle against whatever type of inclination whatever type of desires we have we must control them for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake whatever allah has commanded us to do we obey and whatever allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited we 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 also obey we stay away from it if we are just led by whatever inclination we have, then we become lower than the animals. The reason is that the animals also have inclinations. The animals want to eat, sleep, and, you know, and, and, and reproduce. And when an animal feels something, it just obeys, right? It obeys its, 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 it obeys its thirst, as Sprite tells you all to do. <laughs> Obey your thirst. That's what an animal does. A- an animal is thirsty, he drinks. There's there's no concept of wait. Is this halal for me to drink? Is it alcoholic? Is it non-alcoholic? You know, animals don't go through that process. The animal feels something. Allah subhanahu wa taala put an urge in the animal, and it's you know it it obeys it immediately. Animal wants to mate. The animal doesn't ask. Well, wait, are we married? <laughs> right? Um, wait, do we have nikah yet? No. The animal just mates. And if a human being becomes like that, if a human being, every time a human being feels something, feels an inclination or feels a desire, goes ahead and obeys it, then the human being becomes not just like an animal, that 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 human being is not just like the cattle or just like the animal, becomes lower than the animals. And the reason why is because we have something called free, free will we have something or free choice, we have the ability to to control ourselves. And so we actually become lower than the animals if we obey without any type of uh, concept of right and wrong. So my answer to uh, this, th- this individual and, and to this question is, whether that inclination is in you or is not in you does not Change what is haram and what is halal. We all have inclinations, we all have desires of different types. Um, you know, someone might have the desire. The inclination to be more aggressive and to be more violent, and maybe he wants to just, or he or she wants to go and just, you know, a, a, abuse people or go and hit people. You, know, you just have this this internal drive to just go punch someone. It doesn't make it okay to go punch them just because you felt like it. Um, you know, some of uh, someone might have the inclination or the the desire to steal something because they really, really want it. That doesn't make it okay to go ahead and and steal something. Similarly when you talk about uh, specifically within the realm of 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 desire um sexual desire you you'll find that you know one very good example is if a person is married uh, now that person is married and 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 does that now mean that that person is not going to feel any type of attraction towards anyone else no it doesn't right just because you become you know become married doesn't mean that you no longer are a human being and have those same type of types of desires however the fact that a married person feels an inclination or a desire to someone they are not married to does not justify them going and having a relationship with that person it's 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 the same thing that you have just because you have a a desire towards something or someone doesn't make it halal to, to obey that desire and to engage in that act. So what I would say is that the focus needs to not be on whether or not that inclination is really there because that's immaterial. We, the, the, the point is that having an inclination or having a, a desire for something which is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it doesn't give anyone a license to engage in that which is displeasing to Allah. So what we have to then say is this is part of one's test. Just like the one who is, uh, he, who is tempted by someone who is not their spouse, this person is also being tempted by something, someone that, that cannot be their spouse. So in the same way that this person is being tested and this person is being tested as well, it's, it's, a, it's a different type of test perhaps, a different type of temptation, but it is something that you must struggle against. It is something that you have to, uh, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you obey what Allah commands not what your desires command, not what your inclinations command. That is the concept of ubudiyya. That's the concept of being a slave to Allah. I am not a slave to my desires. My my desires do not, uh, they're not the ones who command me, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does. So I would say that this is a test for you and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make your test easy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make all of our tests easy. This is a test for you and you, you, you have to seek refuge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you overcome and be able to resist and restrain the nafs, restrain the desires and, and, and only act in a way that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, one other uh, aspect of this, which, which those who have dealt a lot with these types of issues uh, has has noted, is often when when a person is looking a lot at that which they are not supposed to be looking at, for example, those people who may be looking at pornography, those people who may be even addicted to pornography, that those people may end up uh, actually developing these inclinations uh, for you know things that they should not be inclined towards or that they cannot act upon so sometimes the cause the root cause can be you know different things allah ta'ala alam but you it may also be that you need to be careful what it is that you're looking at and what it is that you're allowing to come into your eyes what it is you're allowing to come into your ears that when you protect your eyes and when you protect your ears you're protecting your heart so make sure that you're not seeing and watching things which are Haram uh, because those things imprint on your heart those things create desires inside of you uh, which which are just going to make uh, you know your whole your struggle worse and and even just the act of looking at those things are, are, are haram in and of themselves so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to purify our eyes to purify our ears and to purify our hearts and to know that our desires do not lead us our desires are not what um command us uh, so what i would say to you is there's no reason to share this with your family uh, if we all shared uh you know every desire that we have for or any inclination we had to do something haram uh you know that that wouldn't be pretty right that that's not something that that you know even even we're told that those people who um, that the prophet ﷺ has told us that we shouldn't be sharing uh you know unless of course it's it's for seeking help or it's 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 in it's in the context of of counseling or or you know some sort sort of rehabilitation reasons but we don't need to be sharing these things which we are we are working on on struggling against or, or which are sinful if we if we commit a sin you know in general we don't want to publicize it if we if we have sinful uh inclinations it's not something that we that we would we would want to publicize but rather Rather, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to we we seek refuge from in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the evil of our own selves and from our own uh, desires those are tests for us and we have to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to overcome our tests and to be able to put the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala above anything else above our own pleasure above our own inclinations above our own desires inshallah ta'ala may Allah make it easy for you and for all of us inshallah The next question is, um, what if the majority of the too much on my plate is because of hard times with family? I am trying to get closer to Allah and even then feel attacked, discouraging while I am trying to keep kinship for the sake of Allah. What's your advice, Yasmeen? One other issue that kind of is, is related to the The idea of our family maybe not practicing uh, or being, you know, having the same ideas about deen as we do is that sometimes it's not just what they're doing, but they actually may be attacking or disapproving of what we're doing for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And with that, uh, you know, I think. Again, first and foremost, seek refuge in Allah. If we try to take it on ourselves, we won't be able to do it. If we're trying to carry it ourselves, we won't be able to carry it. Seeking refuge in Allah, getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what is going to give you the fuel and the ability to withstand whatever they're saying to you and whatever they're doing to you. Uh, you, you look at the example of all of, pretty much all of the prophets, peace be upon them. The example of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and how, how, how his people treated him and how his, you know, even members of his own family treated him. Where did he get the strength to be able to withstand that? He got it from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When Allah tells him in, in one of the first revelations of Surah Al-Muzammid, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving him the formula of how to deal with what he has to deal with. Illa Kalila. That's his That's his formula. Stand up and pray the qiyam except for a little bit of the night. He is being given that formula of how he's going to deal with it. إِنَّ سَنُلْقِي عَلَيْكَ Indeed, we will, we will reveal to you a heavy word that the Prophet I sent him is was going to have to deal with something heavy. He had something heavy he had to deal with it's and it, and it, and it included the the ridicule of the people the abuse of the people around him his way of of dealing with it his fuel his training was in the Qiyam, was in praying in the last third of the night specifically he he you know he prayed more than we are asked to pray but, but even any portion of that of of that part of the night that is how you're going to get the fuel to be able to deal with anything any challenge that you have in your life uh, you know, specifically in this case, that 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 abuse or that maybe that discouragement from your family, that strength comes from your relationship with Allah and 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 strengthening that relationship. And, you know, the Prophet him is also being told to to, you know, sometimes he's being told to, to turn to leave, you know, uh, to leave them or in in a way that's beautiful. So, you know, sometimes you you know, in dealing with these, for example, ridiculing comments or people trying to, you know, maybe maybe you're trying to wear hijab and your family is against it. Or maybe, uh, you know, you you're growing a beard and they're they're you know mocking the way you look, whatever it is, you know, that you're trying to to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Maybe your family doesn't doesn't pray and doesn't see why you need to pray or think you're getting too religious and now you're becoming an extremist or whatever it is that you're dealing with uh, that that sometimes you don't necessarily have to respond. Um, you can stay quiet and and you, you you stick with what what is pleasing to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. There's there's one situation where you don't obey even your you know anyone any any creation, your parents or your spouse or anything, and that's if it's in contradiction. If they're asking you to do something in contradiction to the commandment of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, then in that case you don't obey it. If they're if they're you know. Commanding you to take off your hijab, you respectfully, you know, you respectfully disobey that that commandment. And and when I say respectfully, yes, you continue to be respectful. And this is something that's part of, you know, even the treatment of, an, of a non believing of a of a of a family member. Specifically parents, specifically mother, even a mother who is not even a Muslim still requires you're still required to treat her with kindness and treat her with respect Uh, that that there are stories of the companions where, uh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't didn't approve of the way in which someone one of the companions responded to to his mother and she's telling him to leave islam like it's not just like uh, go clean your room but she's telling him to leave islam and yet he his response was was not you know was it was too harsh and he was actually you know held accountable for he, he was he was corrected for that so even in the way we respond even when they're telling us to do something displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you do not obey it however you still deal with them with ihsan ihsan is is this beautiful way of of this beautiful behavior beauty in your behavior and in your mannerisms that's actually the result of having a true Um, truly a strong relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it will manifest itself in your behavior and in your manners so if you're able to uh, withstand that uh, to not to, to not have it affect you that you can still be firm in what you're doing but at the same time do it in a respectful way and at the same time still have beauty in your manners then that's the goal and that's where you, you, you know, that's where we want to be. That's the prophetic model that you, 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 you stand firm on what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded. But at the same time, you, you don't do it in a way that is, uh, that is rude or disrespectful, but you continue to have beautiful manners. And the only way that you'll be able to do those two things of standing firm and continuing to have beautiful manners, um, continuing to keep, you know, ties of kinship, is if you are strengthening your relationship with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, the Prophet Sallallahu his first, you know, one of his first prescriptions that were given to him was Qumil is was Qiyam. That was how he was gathering that 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 ability and that and that strength to be able to withstand what what he had to withstand. I, I pray that, you know, subhanAllah, this is this is a big topic, and I pray that, that something that we shared today is beneficial for you. If there was anything that was beneficial, it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and anything that I said wrong is from my own self. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it easy on all those who are suffering, all those who are um, you know have dealing with family challenges, and and I and I advise you and myself to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. قولي قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم إنه غفور رحيم سبحانك الله بحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته